Mama's Roses by Patty Martin McCurdy December 16, 2019 My mother was neither socially refined nor culturally polished, but she was good with flowers. She was a jewel with rough edges, and her flaws were many. Her domestic talents lay in growing wonderful garden vegetables, making hot biscuits from scratch before daylight on a wood-fired kitchen stove, wringing the neck of a chicken and turning it into mouth-watering chicken and dumplings. She yanked feathers from the bellies of squawking ducks to make us feather beds and canned home-grade fruits and vegetables using a pressure cooker on top of a red-hot wood-burning stove in July or August with no air conditioning or electric fan. She ordered fabric from Sears and Roebuck catalog to make dresses for herself and her four daughters using a foot-treadle-powered Singer sewing machine and made beautiful quilts from the scraps. Mama didn't laugh or joke a lot. She seldom took it easy. Instead, she felt the need to be hard at work. She was socially limited to being comfortable only around her relatives and neighbors. Her self-confidence was pathetically low. She would say, I ain't going over there and show my ignorance. She would make herself a new dress, find a new hat, and show up in her one-room Methodist church looking great, but she would never, ever speak up in a group. Mama's way of speaking was Elizabethan, Appalachian Scottish. Her maiden name was Mac Hood. Hisn was a word commonly used by Mama. That mule ain't hisn meant that mule doesn't belong to him. Double negatives were commonly used in our neighborhood. He ain't got no sense and she don't neither. The word reckon was used constantly. Reckon it's gonna rain? I reckon so. Where'd the bucket get to? It's over yonder. Them potatoes ain't fit for nothing. Or, if something was inappropriate, that ain't fitting. When Mama didn't like some woman... She was referred to as that old heifer. It ain't riz yet, meant the cream hadn't risen to the top in the churn full of fresh cow's milk waiting to be churned for butter. In the mid-1940s, Mama participated in the Women's Home Demonstration Club, which was designed to bring modern techniques to rural homemakers. 
it was a part of the Stewart County, Tennessee County Extension Agency. I still have a sheet metal tray she made for me at one of their monthly meetings. She made a tray for each of her four daughters. Mine has a large P for Patty in the center, created by stenciling and etching. Then the large round tray was crimped around the edges. She was very capable and respected by her peers. The era was post-World War II, and they were using scrap aircraft metal. A photo was taken of our Standing Rock Creek group dressed in different period styles of women's wear. Mama, my sisters Dot and Lita and I are in the photo. My sister Imogene was already married and living in Sebring, Florida. This fashion display was a home demonstration club project and we appeared on stage in Dover, Tennessee, wearing our period costumes at one of the countywide meetings. Mama was in a sailor outfit. Daddy referred to Mama as the Madam. Before he would answer a question about any plans, he would say, I'll have to check with the Madam on that. She held the power in their relationship. Daddy was a mild-mannered man, likable, honorable, trustworthy, and well-respected by all who knew him. He was a farmer and a school bus driver. He did what he could to keep the peace with Mama, and that was not easy. Mama was annoyed by laziness and by poor workers. She had no patience with people who didn't know how to get a job done. She would complain about having to tutor them, which slowed her down. My 91-year-old brother-in-law, Dudley, still uses that expression in fond memory of Mama when he deals with a person who doesn't know what he's doing. It is meant in a derogatory way to say, I suppose I'll have to tutor him. Mama's father, J.R. McHood, was a trader on the Tennessee River. He would cut trees from his property, construct a raft of the logs, ride the raft down the Tennessee River from McGee's Landing at the mouth of Standing Rock Creek to Paducah, Kentucky, where he would sell the logs. Using the money obtained by selling the logs, he would buy merchandise and bring it home upriver by steamboat. I do not remember him, as he died around the time I was born in 1929. I do remember Mama's mother, Ma, but barely. I remember walking to her house once with Mama. Our path 
was a dirt road that followed along Ribbon Branch, a small creek that flowed between the two homes. Mama killed a groundhog on that walk, and I wondered why she killed it. It wasn't hurting anything, and she beat it to death with a stick. That is one of my earliest memories. When Mama's mother, Ma, died in 1934, I was not yet in school, but I was dropped off at the one-room country school near our house while the rest of my family went to the funeral. I remember watching out the schoolhouse window crying in outrage as Daddy drove our family a car away with everybody in it but me. I still haven't completely forgiven them for dumping me there, as I don't believe small children should be excluded from important family events. The teacher was, of course, a close friend of the family, and I already knew all the children. Mama's, matter, m Mama's manner of speaking always sounded contrary, harsh, and crabby. She was not a gentle person. She didn't know any other way. She was just being the way she'd watched her mother be. However, when I was 15 and past the age to start having menstrual periods, and it wasn't happening, she seated me with my feet in a galvanized tub of comfortably hot water and fed me a sweetened hot toddy, strongly laced with moonshine liquor. It didn't work, but I loved the treatment and knew she would do anything in the world for me. A tub of hot water was not easily come by. Water had to be drawn from a well in the corner of the yard, then heated in a tea kettle on a wood-fired kitchen stove. Mama survived the death of her only son, Dale, during the bloody 1944 Battle of the Bulge in Belgium when he was fresh out of high school handsome, smart, polite, beloved, and admired by all. She was tough, but emotionally fragile and insecure at the same time. My oldest, most tolerant, and kind-hearted sister married next-door neighbor Dudley in later years, they spent many happy times with Mama and Daddy, taking day trips by car and having adventures. In May 1956, they drove to Paducah, Kentucky, in hopes of getting a glimpse of their hero, ex-President Harry Truman, arriving for Vice President Alvin Barclay's funeral, and they did. Both Dot and Dudley were always respectful, 
helpful, available, and loyal toward Mama and Daddy. When Mama got older and knew her health was declining, I heard her say, I know I ain't never going to be no good no more. It was heartbreaking to hear her say that, as being a good worker meant everything to her. After the death of both our parents, we four daughters cleared out their home near Murray, Kentucky, and found a buyer for the property. Mama's roses were blooming profusely where she had trained them to grow on a trellis covering one wall of the screened porch. I asked if anybody besides me wanted to get a cutting to start a new rose bush at their home. We four sisters, Dot, Imogene, Lita, and I, not only took cuttings, but Lita dug up some root and re replanted it just down the road at her house. From that, she propagated Mama's roses until there were more than enough for anybody who wanted one. Recently, while going through old files, I came across a Better Homes and Gardens rose book. My sister Lita had given one to each of her sisters. In it, I kept the accompanying letter from Lita mentioning Mama's way with flowers. Back when Mama was still doing laundry outside on Standing Rock Creek with a fire under an old iron wash pot, three galvanized wash tubs and a scrub board, she had always instructed her older daughters, Dot, Imogene, and Lita, to pour the used, warm, soapy water on the rose bushes. The rose book confirms that advice by saying to dissolve two tablespoons ivory liquid in one gallon warm water and spritz it on rose bushes to kill mites and other pests. Mama knew what she was doing with roses. Mama died at age 80, having lived from August 1891 to August 1971. She died of atherosclerosis after several years of dementia. Now, in 2018, 47 years after her death, roses from those cuttings live on gracing the lawns of her descendants in Lumberton, New Jersey, Arlington, Maryland, Nashville, Tennessee, Murray, Kentucky, and Columbia, Tennessee. The one I brought to Florida didn't make it, even with the help of my rose-growing neighbor. 
one rose expert identified them as a variety of old rose. They are small, deep red roses that bloom in clusters. Sadly, they do not do well in Florida. We remember Mama with laughter when we use her expression, ain't that the beatenest thing on spotting something outlandish or when we have to tutor some slow-minded person. Just yesterday I thought, ain't that the beatenest thing while watching a political absurdity on TV. Mama, or Hattie Augusta MacHood Martin, was also known as the Madam to our dad and to a few local men behind her back. She was known respectfully as Miss Hattie to younger neighbors. Aunt Hattie to many nieces and nephews, and Mama Martin to her grandchildren. Mama did the best she knew how. Her core values were good, and she was tough. We appreciated her hardworking, capable nature, and her heart was in the right place. Mama took great pride in her children, we have chosen to remember her through humor and by nurturing and cherishing her beautiful red roses in states throughout the South and East. Any reader who would like a cutting only needs to ask, and Mama's roses might continue to bloom forever. <laughs>